Welcome to the Dillweed Society Film Podcast. My name is Max, and my favorite movie is The Brother from Another Planet. Ooh. Hi, welcome. My name is Vera, and my favorite movie, movie is Akira, or Akira. I'm not sure exactly how you're supposed to pronounce it. It depends how pretentious you are. <laughs> Does it? It depends <laughs> how much of a weed you are. It's a fun one, though. It's, it's a, a great cool, movie. well-animated 80s anime. Hello, folks. My name is August, and my favorite movie is American Psycho. <laughs> wow. It's a bit underground. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> no, no, many people have, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you should give it a watch. I think you'd like it. I think that was I'll Vera's first it. favorite movie when she was on the podcast. That's my, that was the one I said for After Yang. Oh, for After Yang, yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, know I, I know. I, I know. listened to that episode. That was the... But what movie are so, we discussing so today, ladies? Well, today we're discussing the movie Barbarian. Who directed this movie? Do we mm. know? We yeah. know who directed it. August is August is very um, quickly um, pulling up who um, directed right. it. Oh. <laughs> the director was Zach Krieger, who uh, was a Kreger. writer. Zach Krieger, who was a writer for The Whitest Kids You Know, the TV. Is he really? Yeah, he's one of the original what? writers for that. I don't know. That. Oh my God! I recognize his face. There's no way. He was in some of the sketches, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zach, right for, now. For yeah. the whitest kids you know. He's the gown of PCP guy. <laughs> think about yeah, I, that. I, did, I think he did actually play a role in the film, but only in voice. Wow. In Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he was the uh, one of the agents for AJ. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Did you see that somewhere, or was that just a guess? Yeah, he's, he's credited. Oh, okay. Yeah. No way. Funny. That's wild. I, I like when directors do that. Yeah. It's good such so, so why don't why don't we start with how we felt about it? So Barbarian's a horror movie. We did we didn't say that. Barbarian is a horror movie. Um I'm not generally a fan of horror movies, although uh like I feel like whatever the top ninety percent of any genre I don't like is, I tend to like still because mm-hmm. it's it's just a good movie that happens to be part of that genre. Yeah. We saw Jacob's Ladder this week. We too. did see yes. Jacob's Ladder is awesome. I gotta say that one. That one was a killer movie. Right. Like regardless of the of the genre, I I felt that way about Barbarian too. I I really enjoyed it. Um, not even because of the horror elements necessarily, but you can't like pull those apart from the rest of the movie. So I would say I I I still I I was fully entertained as the movie progressed. So for me, that's a big metric of how much I like things is whether I'm entertained and intrigued about what's going to happen next. I was definitely on the edge of my seat. So it's, that's a thumbs up for me. I definitely have more things to say about it, but August. I'm going to, I'm going to sit far on the other side of the spectrum here. And I'm going to say, I was actually a little disappointed by it. Mm. Um, It set up a lot for me uh, that it didn't really fulfill. Mm. And it kind of, I, I felt it fell into those like very typical tropes that I you know, have problems with when it comes to horror movies, which I should be clear, I sit here with you, Max. I, I'm not a great fan of horror movies, <laughs> well, see, typically. They're... I'm not I don't a, mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. But I am... I, I love horror movies. So <laughs> I, I've seen quite a few horror That's movies. That's why you're here. We need one. We need, yeah. You need one? <laughs> um, I don't know. For me, the other question is whether it was actually scary. 
That's that's an, that's another question. It's something that I judge my horror movies on is whether it actually scared the shit out of me. Okay, let's. I I really don't know how much we can talk about this movie without immediately diving into spoilers. We could go. Okay, anything technical, anything overview. I have some thoughts, like overview wise, about telling people things that they might be excited about seeing this movie. Okay. One, I really liked the two act structure of this movie. I agree. I thought I it was feel... creative. It was creative. It made me feel like I was listening to an EDM song. <laughs> like we had we had the build up and then a drop and then another build up and then another drop. And it was it, the second <laughs> drop hit harder because they they showed you things that you didn't get to see the first time. We didn't make it all the way into the depths of horror that we got to see the second time. Absolutely. So it it did a really good job of edging us. Is what else? <laughs> you have you have really relatable analogies. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah I I mean like. It really did have a unique structure, and again, I, without trying to give away anything, it was just—it was definitely jarring. And mm-hmm. I think that's a always a very intriguing thing to have in a film is when yes. it can when it can wrestle you. You know, I, I would say the setting is something very important for horror movies, and this is a movie that nailed the setting. I cannot imagine a creepier environment. Than the environment that they end up exploring in this in this movie. See, that's where that's where my butt lands firmly on the fence here. Is really, yeah, is I I love the choice of setting, but I don't. I'm I didn't feel like they did what they could have done with it. Like, and I I think we'll get into that yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. One other one other um, thing I'll say about the movie before we start talking details is that I did really like the camera work. The camera work was really interesting. We yeah. had a lot of interesting FOVs. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. So I, there were some giggles being let out when we went into, you know, 120 <laughs> FOV mode. <laughs> and we got to see, uh, you know, yeah. pointed right yeah. down his hand. AJ's He's extending a gun. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh. Yeah. Um, but I think simultaneously, if you, if you allow yourself to kind of, um, you know, see past the GoPro video then it it does do a good job of capturing like uh the high adrenaline way that we kind of look out on the world and to be clear i do think it it was supposed to be a fun movie i think that came across in a lot of parts so i i I don't think that there's one scene that comes to my mind that i'm sure yeah we'll we'll talk about that (laughs) we'll talk about that um would you guys say that people should go see it I definitely would. Whether you're a horror fan, uh, fan or not, like I, th- I think you should definitely go and give this movie a try because you, it's one of those things that you'll you'll get something out of whether you end up liking it or not. It's a mm. well done, f- kind of fresh take on on how to do that plot. And I think it does have like more interesting, like deeper themes. I think it's a very feminist horror film, um, and it explores a lot about like the way that different people see like see the world differently um Mm. yeah uh i would say it's probably better without spoilers so um we're turn away now folks yeah yeah it's come back to us close your ears you can watch oh it's on hbo max now i think i'm pretty sure yeah you can watch barbarian on hbo on hulu with a premium subscription it's on hbo i know i know they just added oh yeah we're saying it's on hbo go watch barbarian on hbo or in a theater because it's still in theaters um, go watch it in the theater. I'm, that's always the a great experience. It would be a fun experience. Yeah. 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 Yes. Barbarian, All right. something I found out about it, it was, a, it was what's called like a sleeper hit. Um, it 
did terrible the first weekend and the second weekend box office, but like slowly grew and became really big mm-hmm. uh, over time as people started hearing about it because it didn't get much like advert. And it's actually I I saw the num the figure they had for funding they they really only had a few mil. Yeah, it was like four for, mil for for uh, a movie of this. It felt like a gently budgeted film for sure, and that's not to downplay it at all. Like it, yeah. it did really well with what they had and um but it, it felt like they didn't weren't trying to pull out everything in the in the in the film cgi <laughs> book or or anything of that yeah. sort you know they well didn't when you don't have like, to spend a hundred million getting you know people to animate she hulk then you have a lot more you save room. a lot i know you, you you really free up your budget yeah 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 we're gonna start the spoiler you have your homework now. folks go watch the movie spoiler warning right here let's go <laughs> All right, so do you want to get into the just the the, oh, yeah. the plot breakdown of it? The first shot of the movie I actually thought was so so. Great. I I agree. The the pan up on the house is just they start from almost underground and it pans up. Yeah, I liked it all with the with the the um, what do we call that the the which is almost now that I'm thinking about it a foreshadowing because it's it's star- it's almost underground when it starts that camera shot, mm-hmm. but what were you saying? What what would you call the the audio resonance that we had going on there in the beginning? That was very um, it's the it's the don't don't give me that look. It's the wailing, you know, the the kind of the 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 whole. What are we talking? Are, are you not? About? Do you not remember I this? Don't remember that. Maybe maybe this was an auditory. Were you watching Hereditary? Line. I may have been, yeah, but <laughs> but you know that that kind of that I I'm fairly certain that did play out in the beginning, and it wasn't a auditory theme that carried out through the rest of the film, but it was very right there in my face I felt it it was good mm. yeah it was a big it was a big opening shot and um, big opening scene I feel you know the first for yeah, real how, I, how I, many minutes of what, the, what's the name of her character again I already forget Tess Tess yeah. okay so Tess gets to her Airbnb mm-hmm. and there's it's raining she's just trying to get in it's a late night and there's already someone there Freaky. His name is Keith, and he looks like an off-brand version of Germa. Yeah, he looks like yeah. Steve Buscemi if he was Germa. <laughs> we agreed. Yeah. A, a young, a young Shemi. Yeah. Young Shemi. Young Shemi. <laughs> um, and you, because because you the the movie introduces you with Tess. I think everyone kind of self-inserts as her initially, mm-hmm. and we find Keith to be very off-putting initially and i'm i find myself being very distrustful of him i warm up a bit some of the stuff he does and then i unwarm up a bit with I some think, of the other stuff he does we're, we'll see this later when we pan out the plot for you folks but um i think that was a a great first taste of what you were talking about about the the feminism in the film mm-hmm, definitely and how it really does do a solid job of putting you in the shoes of of somebody in that very awkward uncomfortable situation and you can really see that kind of thing that women have to deal with it, you know there there needs to be a certain level of caution obviously we're going in with the pretenses of a of a horror film but you know going in with the pretenses of it's a dark night in detroit i don't know if we we presented that yet that this well that's one of the other interesting things yeah. is that but at this point in the movie we don't even know where she is Sure. And because it's so dark, we can't see the other houses, which I thought was a really great touch. Which was made a 
point of. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I'll say before I lose my thought that what you're saying about um, her, you know, being a woman alone at night entering a house and there's a strange guy, she is very, she hits the, the nail on the head when she mentions it even more explicitly. Yeah. And she goes, Psh, are you kidding me? If I got here first, I would not let you in. <laughs> like, right. there's no way I would let you in. Like, because he, he is a, a seemingly well-intentioned guy, but he still doesn't understand really her experience. He's, a, he's a, a, a one who doesn't have all the social skills going for him. Yeah, we can... <laughs> he could be smoother. Harsh. He could be smoother. He could be smoother. Yeah. He could be more friendly. Yeah. I think pushing... Especially the, that scene with the wine. Pushing the wine. Everything he... Everything that came out of his mouth was so awkward. It was a nice thought to say... It was I didn't a nice thought, open, but, yeah. he, but the way he explained it was like, you know... <laughs> I, you know, I really wanted you to see that I'm not poisoning you. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. we don't, we don't, we don't see thoughts. Is that that's no, the thing, right? No. And it, it does matter how we present ourselves. And I think the the movie did a really good job in that first bit where we're unsure as an audience member mm-hmm. uh, how to perceive this person. We we have we know we're in a horror film. Mm-hmm. We know someone's gonna get hurt, and we don't know yet how that's gonna happen. You know, we're, we're exactly. putting the shoes of Tess and. We have to watch as we're trying to, with her, navigate. Can I trust this person, and what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. I I thought it was so funny when you said, as we were watching it, that this would be the perfect setup for a rom com. <laughs> um, in another movie. In another yeah. movie. In another timeline, it it would have been, and they they do actually end up having some chemistry once they make a connection about, you know, what he's. Yeah, how he, he's an artist. He's an artist, and she's a documentary filmmaker. Too researcher. bad about that, huh? Yeah, too that bad didn't about pan that. Out well. I so thought he was lying. I so thought he was lying too. I was like, "There's no way." You own this you house. Did. You, you did. You own the Airbnb. And, and I think Tess took some like, I don't want to say questionable precautions, but you know, she definitely took heavy precautions because I don't know if she fully, and I don't know if we fully ever trusted Keith. You know, like that was. I started to gain trust back in Keith when we were shown that there was another person in the house. Mm-hmm. When she wakes up in the middle so of the night... So let's, let's get there. Let's, and her door is open. Let's mm-hmm. bring the folks with us to this point in the film where, you know, <laughs> Tess and Keith <laughs> he, eventually... He make her bed. Right, right. They, you know, they have a good night, a good night of drinking, a good night of fun. What was it, as Keith put it on the note, which was a little... Well, a gr- I had a great night last night. They yeah. had a great night. He and, had um, a great night. Yes. <laughs> so they go to bed and boom. It's horror time. He like waits a little bit right when she's like about to go to bed. He's like, all right. Yeah. And he just stares yeah, at her no, for he a does second just or two. Stare at yeah, her just we, like, okay, I'm going to, going to the couch. Again, already established, Keith doesn't really know how to interact with people that well. Yeah. But you can tell he's just waiting to see if she'll be like, you want to sleep with me? <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. And, like, I think I was rooting a little bit for Keith there. Like, he was trying yeah. his best in the sheets. I'm rooting for Keith, but at the same time, in Tess's position, you just, you got, I... You guys did When she just didn't me, lock like, the door, I wanted to kill her. <laughs> no, I, I still don't think Tess was being precautious enough. I mean, like, yeah. it, to be perfectly honest, I think she... She let a, a lot of that on. Um, and I'll say that that her. definitely comes back later in the movie. Yes. There are so many scenes yes. where I'm mentally screaming at Tess to do something else. She's way too nice. She and too, is. Yeah. She, and like she cares so much about the other people who 
don't care about her yeah. in the film. Like, this sort of comes out later. Especially, but what's his name? Justin Long's character. Does he have a name? We'll um, talk about AJ? Was yeah, we'll, AJ. we'll get to AJ. Okay. <laughs> oh, AJ. That's a case. Anyway, so Circle. it's... Door. Yeah, it's a night. It's, we're set here in the night, and what happens? The door is open. She wakes up. It's like 3 a.m. or something. Door's open. Door and was closed when she went to sleep. Exactly. She didn't lock it because she's a baka, but <sighs> she wakes up. The door is open, and she looks out, and Keith is asleep. And so she, she, Keith is like making like weird noises. Keith is having a rough night, a rough sleep, mm-hmm. not sleeping soundly. So she she slowly meanders over, meanders over, to to Keith, and as she's walking over, we get this shot of behind her, the door to the basement closing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that we know that there's a third person in the house. Something's going on here. But she's still approaching Keith very cautiously and wants to wake him up and ask if he opened her door, uh, which she does. But because he's having this bad dream and he's having these, you know, creepy moans and stuff, um, he's awoken and startled as all hell, just as she would have been if he were to do the same to her. And so uh, that (laughs) immediately kind of... uh, backfires and she realizes that it, it wasn't him like it wasn't Keith so who was it yeah but but out. simultaneously she it? has such an instinct to be polite and mm. and to just to let him be that when she asks um so was it you that opened my door he's just like no what are you talking about and she immediately starts like doubting herself and just goes like okay. oh who was it yeah. and, and just walks back into her room we see that a lot with with characters and I think we find it very frustrating but like putting priority in manner no I, like having, I get it yeah and having and having a, a comfortable relationship with the other characters in the film is often very important for those characters and we're over here sensing imminent danger but that's in the the context of we know this is a horror film we know shit is inevitably going to hit the yeah fan. that's fair but you know for these characters they don't want to be weird they don't want to be the one to like make it awkward and that seems so like low on the the list of priorities for us the audience but mm. i think i gotta give tess hey, a break there right you I, know, I, look i'll give her a break here but i think in the future you'll hear me not giving her as many breaks that's fine i think yeah so she'll let, take what she can get let's move on what is the next pivotal scene she goes to that's right her so, interview because that was the whole point of her trip i think i think we skipped over a very important part which what did we skip we skipped over where she discussed with keith why she was there but that's that's the connection they had. That's how she warmed up. To no, no, no. But it, it introduces us to Detroit. Yeah. It introduces us to why what she's um involved with with which is a documentary, on what was it? Artist collectives. It was a documentary. But on... see, this doesn't even feel relevant to the rest of the film. I think it is. I do. I do <laughs> think it is. I, I, think the we'll get, I think we'll get okay. there by the end of the the plot uh, summary. But okay. the artist collectives are like finding houses in like in rundown neighborhoods or abandoned neighborhoods mm-hmm. to start new like artist spaces that they can work from right that's and that's what she's working applying for a job with mm-hmm. is the person doing documentary film work yes. on those people right which she has an interview in the morning which she's going to miss so she rushes out of the house puts the keys in the lockbox mm-hmm. arrives at her interview very timely Good job, Tess. Yeah. What's up with that? I she wasn't know. late at all. She was very worried. I, I wasn't worried. Look, 
It's human nature. <laughs> I wake up 10 minutes before my 20-minute drive to work, and I'm fine. <laughs> so, Tess made it. Good interview. Interview goes well, except at the end, where her... She mentions where she's staying. Yes. And she's slandered for it. She's, she's well, scolded. Not scolded. Heavily. She, she receives a concerned reply. Her interviewee, or interviewer, says, oh... You shouldn't be staying there. The Her other woman in the says you should film. get out. As the, uh, this is how it passes the Bechdel test. Is that one of them tells the other not to stay in? <laughs> would, so it qualifies. Would, well, would you not? You care? No, that, that counts. Yeah, no, but I mean, um, Max is just not fully. Two on board named with characters they're, they're talk to each other. About what's, what's, what's the name of the interviewer? Uh oh. Uh oh. Mm. Uh oh. <laughs> you got me there. Max does not pass the Bechdel. Test. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. she's very adamant that she shouldn't be staying there, uh, that it's not safe. The, the place where she's being interviewed is so fancy, and it's a very stark contrast when she returns home, or I guess she does get this, this shot when she's leaving for the interview, which is that she sees the actual houses now in the daylight. Because at night, when the movie starts, we can't see. Uh, we see the shape of the houses, but... When the sun hits them, they're covered in spray paint. We see as she's driving to her interview that there are many that are burnt down, that are there are many that are uh, just run down and This is not the nice part of Detroit. <laughs> it is not the yeah. nice part of Detroit. The windows are and broken in most of the houses. It, 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 it makes you wonder, the people that are still there, why are they still there? Yeah, it, you know? it, suddenly, it, it really does put a very... Um, big dissonance between where she is at now, her Airbnb, and it, it's, oh her Airbnb God. is in the such Airbnb nice condition. It's so, so nice, but and it's suddenly that feels scary. very unsettling mm-hmm. in the in the kind of sea of desolate, abandoned buildings. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. I really like that setup. But carry on where we at now. So she gets back. She is getting. The, well, she's walking out of her car, and a man starts running towards her, saying, they're just yelling at the top of his lungs. Hey, little girl, don't go in that house. Don't go in that house, little girl. Yeah, he, he's trying to get her attention. We can't really understand what his motivations are. He's intimidating. He's he raggedy. He's not in focus on the camera. He's sprinting towards her. He's sprinting at us. Yeah, he's we, a big man, too. We're with Tess here. Get in that house. Especially yeah. after coming from the interview where her interviewer says... You shouldn't be in that area. She, it's not safe. We're yeah. agreeing now. She shouldn't be in that area. It isn't safe. But she she rushes to the lockbox, gets the keys out, opens the door, and slams it in his face just in time to save herself. Mm. Or so she thinks. Yes. Yeah. Why does she go in the basement? I'm, I'm trying to reach that point mentally. I'm trying to get there again. But um, she calls the police next, right? She says... uh. Get over here. There's some guy. Yeah. And um, the she... police are like, our response time is not up to par. They say know? we don't have any available units. Yeah. And I think the police commentary in this movie is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially when she interacts with the police later in the film. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So why do, how does she end up in the I think she I wanted think to see through the little like uh, window down there to see if there was anybody outside. Yeah, that's not why she went that, down, is yeah, it? That doesn't so. sound right. All right. Well... Well, she goes into the basement. I think it's not inconsequential that we don't know how she 
didn't end up in the basement, but we'll skim over it anyway. She ends up in we the basement. We don't have to outline every single no. plot point. <laughs> I but feel it may we, have been important. On, you don't think it was important? If no. we don't remember it, it like, doesn't. It's it, not it, important. She goes back down t- twenty times, even without a reason to. All right, that's fine. It's beer is here to move things. Everyone along. has <laughs> seen the movie. Who sh- yes. Who's here? We don't. The, the, we don't have to guide them through. through what about what about the fools who who didn't listen to our spoiler alert? <laughs> it's their fault. It is their fault. They didn't follow the instructions you on the packaging. You imbeciles. Look where you're at now. We're giving them the highlights, not the play-by-play. Play. But all you of the should have listened to all this. of the parts that we remember, I think, are you know, are important, and the parts that we forget are not important. Is my opinion exactly because we are correct? Because yeah, the movie as it exists within our mind is what the people are here for. <laughs> Tess is in the basement. Tess is in the basement. Yeah. For some reason, she's the taking do- stuff off the shelves. The door locks. Uh oh. Oh yeah, the door locks. Tess is locked. In For the some basement. reason, I don't know who designed this door, but it's a door that slowly closes when you open it, well, and it we only know who unlocks do know who this, door. this door. Actually, yeah. is but is, do you really think it's like we the same? do know who designed this door? But, but he it, would have. Look, there are some realism errors here because mm-hmm. the the guy that designed the door, it it's been remodeled like twenty times since the since the original house yeah. and. I'm just I'm not convinced that this that this the lock on this door is the one thing that has remained <laughs> consistent. I'm gonna have to ask you to suspend your disbelief for this door. I'll suspend my belief for the door. Thank you. <laughs> and what does Tess find when she's looking around in the basement? She finds a string. And when she pulls that string, Arr. a secret door opens. It's, she's initially surprised to even find the basement, if I remember correctly. She's like, oh my god, they have a basement. Yeah. Which is um, not unusual. It does make you think, though. The door swings in. Couldn't you just push it? Couldn't you just... Why do you need the rope? I don't know. Do yeah, actually, that's a really good point, because from the inside, you would need the rope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. You're I definitely guess not. They never show us the contraption that opens it for the people that are in there. Mm. True. I'm not, I'm not a physics expert, but I think the amount of force you're applying on that rope is not going to be too indifferent from. Uh, yeah, I I would say it it would it would probably take much more effort than what they depicted her it's got using. A gearing system. This isn't important. <laughs> <laughs> what is important is there's now a big scary hallway. Oh yeah. I like how she had a little engineering moment here. She was mm. like, it was like uh, the right stuff when they're like, we have this box and we need to fit this hole in that thing yes. with using these tools. She, oh, she, she doesn't did. have she did, light. She did, because uh, yeah. she left her phone upstairs, which was the scary part for all of us because yes. once we're without our phone, we're helpless, right? That's why it's <laughs> but, always in my pocket. I always make sure. Um, she, she puts the mirror in the right way to get the light going, but... It's what she finds down that hallway that really starts to ignite my adrenaline. Because she finds this camera set up in, like, this dank, musty room that is just a a bed in a bucket. And my my head, I immediately go, oh, God, this is human trafficking. This is going to be the the most... This is what Keith does. That's what I thought. That's what Keith does. He traps people in the basement. Yeah. Because once she finds this place, she freaks the fuck out. She runs back out. She starts tapping on the window. She sees Keith. Keith helps her out, right? But then she's saying, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I don't want to be here anymore. And Keith doesn't believe her. 
he's mansplaining he's saying he's, he's just not believing her experience at all she it's, she says that there's a bed and a bucket and to be fair she doesn't really capture it like the full the full magnitude of it yeah but simultaneously he just does not believe a word she says and it's very frustrating keith to is watch just this there conversation to happen. move the plot along at that point keith is yes. not helping tess here yeah i and mean like this is her. not that's not how you approach so somebody he, he, who's in that He says that he has to investigate it for himself. Yeah. And she makes the grave mistake of saying, yes, I'll wait for you if you get locked in like I did. Well, she's so because dedicated she's too to Keith empathetic. She should have yeah, just she, left. She should have just left. Many points. Many points uh, she could have just taken off. I feel like this whole movie and Tessa's character in particular is, a, is, is definitely a... Uh, an effective commentary on being too empathetic and too caring mm. and how it's 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 actually very bad for you sometimes mm. absolutely well, i think there are things to be said about that and uh, a certain other character a certain we'll other character in the future yeah. aj not aj actually but um who are you thinking of no we'll get there anyway okay so so keith does go investigate but, but he finds another secret room oh in the secret room. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay, why? Why do you go down there? Hmm? I don't know. Because when you open this second secret room, it is terrifying. It's a dungeon. It is literally chiseled out of I the feel, stone. I feel, yeah, I definitely, I think it was covered clearly by Tess. I found a room with a bed and a bucket and a camera. That's all that was there. That all Keith had to do was go see the room with but the I, bed, But I think room, it is bucket. really funny, and it does kind of capture, like, the the hetero male blind confidence mm. of just like finding down here finding a dungeon you, and just you're being not like wrong yeah, yeah let's let's go i would do that <laughs> i can't lie i would do that but like she just... had to set up a whole like apparatus to to set up light to yeah. just walk in the the little place it took it was a whole scene he just walks he just down walks there. straight down into the depths of the dungeon oh my god reckless decision making we love it in a guy until it gets you in a dungeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dumb. But then, so she goes back down to investigate. With her phone now. With her phone now. But she realizes that he's not in the room that she had already discovered and makes the discovery of the new passage. And that's when she starts calling his name and hears his cries for help. Help me! Yeah. Somebody help me! Oh my god. So, I, I, I was convinced it was still a honeypot. I was also convinced it was still a honeypot. I think that's valid. Yeah, I up until though it's not the a very second. <sighs> yeah, very up honey. In, yeah. So it's not much honey there. Oh come on. No, like I mean, he could have already got her if if he was trying to get her. It's true. He didn't a moldy have... milk pot then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so Tess does go down, and she finds Keith. And he's like, we can't we can't go out. He's a little worse for wear. He said he got bit. He got bit by, by somebody. somebody down here. And they're the, both hysterical at that point. Yes. Right. And he says, you need to understand there's someone else in here. What She's happens? like, we have to They leave. disagree. He says, we have to go deeper. That's the only way out. Yeah. Because he thinks that the per- the person that he's running from is where Tess came from. But uh, that turns out not to be the case. And this is where my favorite character is introduced. <laughs> yeah. Um, Does she have a name? Does she pass the Bechdel test? I think I I'll call think. her... The barbarian? barbarian? Ooh, very good. But I don't think that's who the barbarian was. I no. agree with no. you. No. Yeah. I think there's I think there's a very uh There's a worse barbarian. There's there a, worse a worse barbarian. barbarian. There's someone more barbaric in the film than this 
That's towering. True. She is scary, but she's not a... Oh, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's, we'll get into it. We, we, we haven't covered the bulk of information it. here. So let's just say she's a bit of a beast, a bit of a savage, if you will, and she bodies Keith. I mean, like, Keith is done. Spoiler, mm-hmm. big spoiler number one, out. Keith no longer in the roster. Yeah. The, the prosthetics on her are crazy. Like, she, we were she talking was, about I wonder how much of her was CGI and how much of her was, was practical effects. You could tell a lot of it was practical. Yeah. Um, like, her face, I yeah. think, was all practical. Yes, definitely. It's very impressive. It was very... I mean, like, especially with the lighting in those scenes in the, in the tunnels was amazing. That was really well done. Uh, I think when later... definitely felt later. like I was playing a horror game, you know? Mm-hmm. I think oftentimes I can sit through horror movies, but it's horror games where you... They, they do such a good job because they have the freedom of designing the spaces themselves that they can very easily put you in a very claustrophobic space where there's someone walking towards you yes. and you got to oh, get away. That, that It is the exact mentality that that movie put me in. Those tunnels really, I mean, I feel almost carried the fear for me there. Like once mm-hmm. they got outside later in the film, sorry, but when they get outside later in the film, I think a lot of that drops off. I agree. Um, Less fearful. Yeah, which is okay. That That's the inevitability of you any know, I, I do think but... that there was a, another layer of the fear there, which was that it's it's depicted as her kind of like uh, hunting them almost. Yeah. And so then it almost feels like nowhere is safe, um, like that she could come from anywhere. Sure. Um, but I agree with you that the setting was huge in scaring me. Yeah. So let's... And then, boom, he's dead. Hard cut. She, we're she gives the, a, yeah, she gives a bellowing now yell. Now, we, we're on the highway. We're in a Ferrari. We're a Porsche or now something. Now, what are you talking about, Vera? I thought we were just in the tunnels. No. Nope. Uh, we were just No. Nope. Forget about highway. that. Forget about that. We're singing along to Sweet I don't, Caroline. I don't think it's a, I think it's a Porsche, we're, to be clear. We're singing but, along yeah, to know. some cheesy song. It's like the California coast. It's like Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. He's living his BoJack Horseman lifestyle. Who is this guy? He gets a call is who he is and he is having a great day he's having a great day when he gets some bad news and what's the news max he should have known one of his co-stars on a pilot that just got picked up uh told the uh showrunners that he uh raped her and so they dropped him from the show and he is really pissed off about that because he's like i didn't do anything She's lying. Whatever. Yeah. Um, that bitch. Blah blah blah. You know, I I find it. This is a. This is the um foretold AJ. By the way, AJ. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was an interesting choice in the dialogue to actually not have AJ, initially even deny, the accusations that was not even present in the initial call. Really, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I was I was trying to wait. I was waiting for him to say something like because well, he no, was, I it didn't I, happen like that. Is sort of like the closest thing he said to. I I, I don't know if he even said that. What I think was interesting about the initial call is that he he was almost caught off guard by it. Absolutely. Um, He he didn't expect it to happen at all. And that ties into another thing I said later in the movie, which is that he he there's a scene where he is um justifying his actions to his friend. Yeah. And he doesn't even realize what is wrong about what he's saying. So, for me, hearing him on that call not even try to deny anything, 
is hearing that he doesn't even really know what he did that and that doesn't excuse it by any means no. i think we he, see but, the asshole archetype character in horror films a lot and mm-hmm. um i think aj's a really i mean this film did their its characters very well I, I really thought AJ was a really good um, highlight of the issues. Well, you know, with the issues, the issues, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, the issues with this kind of character. Like, why? You know, I don't think AJ was as simple as just being a, a malicious dickhead, which he could have easily been. Yeah. But um, I think there was the little bit of nuance and complexity to his character that actually did comfortably sit him into filling out his conceptual and um, meaningful role in the film and the relationship to the other characters. Yeah, coming away from the movie, that was sort of the thing that I thought it, it, was most, it did most interestingly, conceptually, was the, the way that it, it sort of has this spread of ways that men can be harmful. Uh, going from Keith, who's like just ignorant of the way that he has an effect on women, Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good guy. He's like, like he's not. He's not even actively harmful. He just is well, ignorant of the of the way that he like. You can be actively harmful and ignorant at the same time. Oh, he's no, just not that, trying to be. Harmful. That's that's what I mean about yeah. uh, AJ is ignorant and actively harmful. Yeah, you know, uh, but I and, I also don't think like. And later we're introduced to a character who is. I don't remember his name, but we're, yeah, I don't even know if we're given his name. We are. The, when when AJ discovers the the content on those tapes um, made by this guy, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves here. I think we we should. We don't have to go in order, August. Okay. It's okay. Okay. I just yeah. wanted to. We'll hit. We'll hit on it. We'll get to everything. But I think I if promise. we if we get to if we talk about this, this is like a good point to talk about because these he themes. is appalled by what he finds on these tapes he is appalled by the notion that this guy has been trafficking women and abducting them and doing god knows what to them we're we're thankfully not shown yeah i'm very glad actually um but even for aj who we know is an abuser or rapist yeah that is still terrifying to him because he is still thrown into kind of the headspace of someone that is doing this shit intentionally right. that is like actually just a sadist like in a really like meaningful way yeah and trying not to put too many commentary too much commentary on this sensitive issue i think it well it, you know it well highlights the um strong difference between you know somebody who is aware of the the kind of essential crime against humanity that they're they're committing and somebody who isn't because i mean those two things what the two individuals we're talking about aj and the 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 barbarian the barbarian the human trafficking man were doing were not as conceptually dissimilar as maybe one would like to believe you know just your intentions really don't kind of mean jack shit in the end you are you are your actions exactly So, do you think that AJ actually understands that? I, I don't think he ever gets that in the film. That, that, he, that he is he, only his actions? Or that he and the barbarian are not very different? No, I, I, I think, think definitely not. I, and I don't think that was a really important 
like I don't think he needed that arc to, to no. figure that out because yeah, I don't I mean, think he's I redeemable. Think the, the closest he gets to any form of self-realization is this one kind of self-absorbed paragraph he has where he goes, oh "Maybe I am a bad person." Yeah. Um, All I can do is change what I'm going to do in yeah. the future. That's what he says. Yeah. <laughs> and then he immediately like throws her off the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's there's funny definitely like because because right after proclaiming that he'll change and that he the only way he can redeem himself is by acting better, he he immediately makes a very selfish decision. You yeah. said when we were watching it or I think it was who was it? What it was you Max. said Max said when we were watching it uh about how committed so yeah aj is to his like to the self-image the image that he presents to presents to others which mm-hmm. makes sense for a movie star to be fair yeah no I, I think it makes again i think it makes a lot of sense for the character and i think it um is is definitely very important uh to highlight that kind of thinking in in that nature of individual the 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 male kind of trying to to be alpha you know <laughs> like the, this just trying to present a very kind of specific thing that american culture has really pushed about what we should look like as 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 men you know we can do bad things in our past but we have that ability to redeem ourselves mm-hmm. through what we do in the future and i do i think that's a terrible <laughs> a terrible set of ideals to push and i think the fact that like you said aj is not redeemed or redeemable here is a is a good thing to point out. These I almost am rooting for him to redeem himself, but then he just doesn't. I think he just like doesn't to see, we act would, better at all throughout the film. We would like to see it happen, yeah. yeah, but it just doesn't happen, and I think that's very much reflective of what we do see in yeah. people of that kind of character. But when it comes down to it, yeah, they don't redeem themselves. So, so the 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 first part where he doesn't redeem himself for me is when he actually winds up in the same shitty scenario that Tess does. He walks down into that basement, he's in the dungeon, he's going, he's measuring it with a tape measure because he thinks he can list it as oh extra God. square footage. Yeah. We're oh skipping a good amount ahead here, but like, yeah. August. There's, there's, <laughs> Stop. There's a, couple good, well, there's a couple good parts in between here, I feel like. Like, okay, one, he, he absolutely doesn't believe that he's in the wrong because he's, he's waging like a $70,000 countersuit right yeah um like he clearly he so firmly believes that he didn't with do anything wrong at the bar oh yeah. yeah he goes to a bar he's like he explains that like his perspective on how the the sexual assault went and he's like i didn't do anything wrong uh after explaining like just a very typical sexual assault he said he had to convince her that yeah. she said no at first and then you know he he buttered her up for it or whatever else yeah and and his friend is obviously not really buying it, um, uh, which I think is a, a good thing that even the even the, the male confidant in this situation is is going like, dude, do you even know what you're saying right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's definitely a fucked up scene uh, where our, our suspicions are confirmed, obviously, that like this guy is just an asshole. Yeah, definitely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you carry the, the rest of the plot here so I don't. It's Try okay. and hold us up. No, I don't want to. I I just want us to get through it all. Yeah, definitely. Let's go. Let's basically, do it. I just I, basically I only I think like whatever plot points we can have comments on, I feel like are going to be the interesting ones that are going to end up in the. So final that's what plot. I was saying is when he ends up in the basement, captured in the same scenario that Tess was, mm-hmm. 
that's when we see where that Tess is still alive, oh, which yeah. is actually a, a, a shocker for us mm-hmm. considering what happened to Keith. We and we're also given the time span for how long that is. Like a few two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. And he is thrown into the same kind of prison pit with her, but what does he do? Well, we see that the mother basically wants to take care of them like babies. Yeah. So she keeps them in this cage, and she has this VHS of, like, a, a like, baby baby nurturing video from yeah. the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so she, she, like, feeds them with a bottle and stuff. And it's really gross. It's so disgusting. Her fingernails are so part, long. Part of the fear in this setting is just people being grossed out by the concept of, like, being forcibly like nursed with milk as a grown adult it's, so gross. it's really fucking gross it, it, it's it's unsettling <laughs> for sure but like you start like uh, i guess like start you start to, to see yeah you start to see the tragedy in this character the mother um in this scene where she really is just a very um unfortunate and misguided case where she just happened to be in this situation and she really does um, want to mother a child mm-hmm. yeah. that simple very primal instinct and learning that she engages in uh, especially for Tess mm-hmm. uh, our main character is I just found like I, I think as touching as it was meant to be by the end of the film and uh, as disgusting as it is that y- you could be put in this situation like it, how unfortunate it is that she is made into what she is because of the circumstances around her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who we sort we sort of figure those out. Um, we see who we th- this man. Who's yeah. So this is a what a flashback. You could, it's not really a flashback. It's a it's a covering of past events. The the neighborhood used to be like a very normal nineteen fifties neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the other houses used to be well kept. Uh, and it seems like everyone, like, the contrast in this flashback is so different. I think it, it says a lot about suburban decay in the United States that that the only person who's left in this neighborhood who, like, maintains this house is there because it's a apt place for trafficking women mm-hmm. and abducting them. Yeah, so we see the, the, per, the original owner of the house, really weird guy, just, like, man of few words, very off-putting. He's, like, always has this kind of determined mean look on his face i, I, I love these 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 gta third person shots we yeah. have of him as he's <laughs> as he's going about his day i don't know it was a fun way of presenting yeah there was a lot of that interesting tracking shots in the film but so this is the barbarian it's the guy that traffics that's who him. we're calling the barbarian that's, that's right how, yeah i think we're, we're all in agreement that that this individual <clears throat> who is abducting women and torturing them mm. uh in his basement is you definitively can even call it a basement. Yeah, a very <laughs> barbaric individual. Um, and this is the, he records these things, and these are the tapes we were referring to earlier um, that AJ Washington was disgusted by. So he finds himself there. Uh, AJ finds himself in the barbarian's room as an adult. We see him like go into a woman's house as a repairman, and then uh, open a window so that he can. The barbarian. Yeah, the barbarian yeah. in this flashback. That's that seems to be like one of the ways that he is abducting people is pretending to be a repairman, opening their window and then like coming in at night and and uh, abducting them. AJ, like in running away from uh, the mother, comes into his room in the basement where he just sort of like lies in bed 
AJ sees all these tapes, and then um, the barbarian is like, hand me my, whatever, this wardrobe that's next to him. Uh, he reaches in, pulls out a gun, and just shoots himself in the head. Yeah, that was strange for me. Like, did why that, did he kill himself? Did that feel normal to you? Like, it, I, I, I guess get, not I much felt normal why. there. But yeah, I don't... I, I didn't really... I thought that he was trapped down there. Like, he couldn't get I thought out. it was also interesting that the mother was scared. Like, right. she didn't want to enter that room, which... Yeah. You know, it makes sense in retrospect, like, that she is also a victim of his abuse. Yeah. Yes. But simultaneously, who was taking care of him? Because he was bedridden. And like, we clearly see that, yeah, there? this guy is not able to stand up against this woman. The, the, the mother is very physically apt, clearly, as we're shown in the film. Very tall, imposing, strong. I mean, she can strong. rip people's head open. Yeah, like rip people's two. arms off, and um, <laughs> and she's scared of this old, frail guy who we learn later is her father, fucked up father, father, but yeah. also genetic relative yeah. in other ways. Yeah. Uh, so the the canon here is that he would uh, abduct someone, have a kid with them, raise that kid, and then repeat the cycle with the kid. Yes. Freaky. Very fucked up. So fucked up. Very gross. Um, yeah. But yeah, so where are we at in the film? Uh, they too, so yeah, through a series of hijinks, like the Scooby-Doo running from room <laughs> to room, uh, Tess and AJ end up getting out. I, well, te- you know, AJ is still with the barbarian. Tess oh. runs out. Oh, Tess gets out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With the help of the, um, the homeless man from earlier. Yeah, he yeah. like yeah, helps he her does find actually out. help her. Out. Yeah, and um, she's like, I need to go back and save AJ because she's an idiot. She right? truly Again, is too. This is all about a, the overextension of empathy being actually destructive. Far past her own good. Mm-hmm. Far past. Far that, past yeah. the the overall good. Yeah, like it's it's at it a point where them, yeah. it's it's worse for everyone that she actually. And is, this isn't is, just because AJ's an asshole. This is, that's just not, even if AJ was this nicest person <laughs> down there, you're right. I think, like, we need to learn. Because some... she, she, she goes back down to try and save him. Yeah. And AJ ends up shooting her, thinking that she is the mother. Yeah. Because it's a dark hallway, whatever. He's on edge. He's scared. He's on yeah, edge. Like, he's got the happens. gun from the, from the barbarian. She so. gets shot. She's not dead. She gets shot and AJ does help her out get her back out of that basement. Wait, we totally skipped my favorite part, which was her going to the gas station and begging the police to please go down there right. and save oh, him. Yeah. Because he's still down there and he's already killed one person, Keith. Yeah, she contacts and the police again. And the, the police just think she's like a crackhead. They don't want to spend any time with her at all. Um, They're like, sure, lady. There's some someone literally held like they in just a house get a call somewhere. That's like, you know... Like some some completely unrelated thing. And that is just... a great scene, and I think it covers a lot of things. On I, I do want to talk about that. Why do you like that so much? Because I feel like it it captured an experience that's very common for people in America, but mm-hmm. that people don't really get to see outside of body cam footage. I think it was a great covering of the fundamental issue with police, which is that we do expect a single unit, a single the the whole police force to deal with 
every single potential issue and we that see we that when when there is no units available but for me this is more of a commentary on how they are not designed that's what to, i'm saying yeah we we fill all these niches yes this is a, the problem with the police is that we fundamentally can't expect a single group of people to deal with all these different situations we need specialties and that's mm-hmm. clearly shown being problematic here they don't know how to deal with the situation and so they've learned to just ignore situations like this because it's not their specialty they they deal with other things traffic violations uh <laughs> violent offenses just but this of is a violent responding. offense yeah, yeah but you, what's like the problem is that he won't I, listen to her i think the problem is that we that we're not when you look at a situation like that you have to decide is this an actual danger to society issue or is this an individual issue where I this, think wo- this woman I think is having... giving him too much credit They're... i don't i don't really care about the police officer i'm I'm saying i think fundamentally this is a problem where they have to if you're in that situation as yeah. a police officer you have to decide am i going to respond to this call or am i going to respond to this call am i going to spend time trying to figure out with this individual who I believe, based on my prior experience, is not saying sound of but mind. You, but you're just you're you're making them sound like they're rational actors. Well, let's, no, but I think I think we should pretend for a second. Let's say they are rational, right? Mm. I think this this is a fundamental issue with the 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 police system. Is that let's say we have the most rational minded person here. You Even if they have, were the most rational yes, minded person, yes. it would be a shit situation for them to be in because they, the, you would never be able to get good outcomes in all scenarios. I agree right. with you. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just mean that the, the character that, that they portray and the average police officer, it's, it's, he is so unwilling to believe a word she says that it is so incredibly frustrating to watch. Yeah, um, but I think that's a learned behavior due to circumstance. Sure. Right. Like I think because when you're put in that situation over and over and over again, you learn that's how you respond to it, and you don't want to take but it. But how many? Individual. How many situations? How can I? Can't, I'm just not convinced that police officers every day end up in a situation where there's a woman saying, "Please, I've been I've been held prisoner for two weeks." Well, do you Please. really? I mean, do you really not? <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a valid thing to look at. Like say say a place like Detroit, where there are a lot of people who are maybe on the street who are under the influence of of heavy amounts of substances whatever that may be Mm. and might be spouting what people would consider nonsense something like that i've been uh i've been assaulted held prisoner i've been you know you could say any number of things and and you would be branded as ridiculous when it's revealed that you're just kind of you know exploding these things in your mind a little bit it's just not you know i'm not fully disagreeing with you and i don't think you're fully disagreeing with me here about we just don't have a good system to deal with that and clearly it shows in this movie you like it does. i think at the at the end of the day that's what the commentary here is is that they fail to do their job they fail to help her in any meaningful Definitely. way and from her yes. perspective they don't even consider the possibility of listening to her before she's even started talking to them he right. says yep I'll be I'll I'll respond to that in ten minutes. Yeah, he she's he already agrees another to leave. Yeah, right. Like he he has prejudged whether she's worth talking to. Um, and yeah. when she, she like asks for help, he's like, "Please take your hands off the car, please." Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it is a great scene. I'm glad you did stop us to cover that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she just gets no help at all. These two like male police officers believe that she's just uh, someone like who's hysterical. 
um, and have decided that she's not worth talking about unless they threaten to take her into prison, which is the other thing. They're like, maybe you can sleep off whatever you're on in jail. See, for me, I read it as willful ignorance. I think they just didn't want to bother. I don't think they actually thought she was a crackhead. That's why I, I don't give them as much credit. Mm. Yeah, what made that, you read I, it yeah. that way? I'm... Their entire demeanor. Yeah. It was, they... it was it, like, they obviously just didn't care. Yeah. That's, that's how it felt for me. And that's, that must have been how it felt for her, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's how, if we're from looking at it from her shoes, that's how we're supposed to feel in the movie. And I think, to be clear, we're not saying that we shouldn't care about crackheads on the street. <laughs> like, I, I, think, I think you're right. That is a, a, a big problem is that's not how you should approach somebody who is potentially under a lot of substance and maybe a danger to themselves. But we've kind of gotten to that habit especially in 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 larger and less affluent districts where we just kind of ignore that kind of thing and we accept it okay now. we do not have the <laughs> you're right we don't the, have the time to cover it on a wide scale yeah but I, not, I think we're it not does, gonna start talking about again it does weave into the the film somewhat about like this it does it, but we're just we're not qualified for this no no definitely not and i but i think like we should we should also mention the fact that like or i want to no i want to mention the fact <laughs> rather that uh, that I did, I did want to see the film get into that more. Yeah. About um, it opened up with that great opener of being in a very impoverished area and having that very, you know, as I mentioned before, clear, distinct difference between the the affluent and not. Mm-hmm. Right. This is uh, this area is abandoned by people and by society. And like, I think I'm gonna jump over real quickly. Yeah. No to um, to Jordan Peele. Okay. And, it, and his work because I, I, my favorite thing about what he's done with the horror genre recently is making horrible things horror, as in things that are actually terrible, things that are terrifying. I don't, I'm not big in horror because a lot of times we look at things like demons, ghosts, paranormal things, and mm. there's no, not much substance to why this is a scary thing besides it looks unsettling. It's the fear of right? the unknown. Yeah, right. sure. But I, I really prefer Jordan Peele's style of focusing on something like, say, racism, a very scary thing that exists in our country and making it scary. Yeah. And I would have loved to see that mo- this movie get really into that and making our, our approach to poverty in the United States a scary thing again. Because it is terrifying yeah. that we have kind of accepted the way that a lot of people just live like this. That's not... Yeah, Absolutely. I think that it does do that. I think that it's a very deeply feminist film. Um, I just don't think that it focuses on on poverty in that way, even though that this would be a good setting and like horror plot yeah. that to explore that with. I just don't think it takes it that way. It but certainly you, didn't, and yeah. I just would have liked to see that. But yeah, that would again, don't get me wrong, still love the film. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I gotta say, what? it's not my favorite horror film. Really? It's not my favorite horror film. Because I just can't get behind Tessa's behavior. Wow. I love her. Like, I, I, I empathize with her. But simultaneously, it's, it's one of those movies where, I, as I'm watching it, I, I'm just screaming, please do something else. <laughs> it, it's, it was scary. But at the same time, I feel like Jacob's Water, for example, had more of an effect on me. Mm. Because he is reacting reasonably to everything that yeah. he's seeing. He's freaking out when he should so be freaking think, out, think, and he's running when yeah. he should be running. I mean, she willingly throws herself back into danger so many times that it doesn't feel like a realistic self-insert for me. 
I'm like, I would have been gone. I would have left the tri-state area by now. <laughs> you wouldn't hear from me. That's <laughs> a very common criticism of horror films, right? Like that yeah. these characters are not being rational. These these characters should try and get out of this situation, not try and confront it and find solutions to it because they're clearly not apt for it. Yeah. So like it's interesting you say that because I don't know if that takes away from a, a horror film as much as it clearly does for you to look at the the lead character or lead characters and say, you're not making the decisions I it's, would be making it's, here. For me, it's something is most terrifying when it's inescapable. Mm. She was able to escape. She just chose not to. You're she right. To yeah, it was I think so that's frustrating. Great, yeah, <laughs> it turns in, and it turns more into frustration than it does fear. You, mm-hmm. You're no longer saying this is an imminent danger. You are the one putting yourself in that danger. So, I can't really be scared about this. I'm just angry. Why did you do that to yourself? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. For me, that de- that detracted from the second act was I I it was harder to me for me to to put myself in her shoes yes. and to be scared. Yeah. I guess part of it to me was that she she couldn't get away because she cared so much about about not letting this st- other person go through what she Yeah, because she un- is basically she and um, the mother are the only two characters who care about anything except for themselves, really, in the mm. film. You know, ouch, Keith. I mean, Keith. Keith is neutral. I feel like yes, Keith definitely. is just like a neutral person. It's neutral salt. <laughs> um, but so, how would you say that uh, the mother ends up manifesting the way that she cares about other people? Like she can't. She doesn't know how to care for other people, and mm-hmm. she doesn't understand that other people. I, I guess she yeah. doesn't understand the way her actions affect other people. So isn't she more like AJ in that she, way? She is kind of like AJ in that way. That she thinks that she is doing something, that she's helping people, or that she's like engaging in caring for somebody when in fact she is harming them and imprisoning them. But she also, she's doing it not out of a selfishness, but out of like a desire to care for other people. Like at the it's, end. She's... she's replicating her own trauma exactly like she she is reliving and re re-performing the same patterns of behavior that she experienced it's all she knows it's the only way that she knows how to express affection yeah i think the way i read it was um kind of in line to what i wanted from the film which is she is the epitome the purest form of a product of her environment born out of the kind of barbaric, repulsive behavior of this kind of very, I think we can all agree, uh, rather malicious uh, individual. You could say. You could say. Barbaric almost. Yeah, very much so. But um, she's clearly a kind of, to us, a repulsive product of that, you know, very scary, very unsettling, Mm. a gross individual with the purest intent you know we say, i think that it's something's to be said like what is more pure than just wanting to mother a child right like just wanting to provide for the life you're making and you're giving and that's a very pure thing and it doesn't matter because she's a product of her environment mm-hmm. and that's crafted her into this very monstrous scary thing that we just want to see die we just want to see get killed and I don't want to try and make this super sociopolitical again, but, you know, we, you can look at that in a, in a way how that attaches itself to things like impoverished individuals and how we 
societally look at that in like a, a more uh, well-off position, how we can say like what we want about these people and doesn't matter their intentions, they're simply a product of their environment and they're scary for that reason alone. They're, they bother us for that reason alone because of what they've been made into. Mm. Mm. For me, I read it much more about generational trauma mm-hmm. than about like how, how others perceive that trauma, I guess. For me, it was more about her her own internal struggle of trying to shake off what she knows and how 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 is she able to manifest a, a form of kindness and i think no matter if you take that approach or this one which are that's a very valid approach it's still not really her right it's not so much her that cuz i'm rooting her, for her i want her to right. uh i don't know i would love for her to not be as scary this is a this is an individual. Yeah. The mother is an individual that you feel sad for, and I think a question is why do we feel sad for her? Is because she's not at all responsible for the in, right. the situation she's been put in, whatever that reason may be. Like she is, she is a victim, yeah. just right. like Tess, just like Tess, and also abusive. Just as like, is often as the is case. AJ. As is often the case. Yeah. yeah. Victims become abusers too. Yeah. It happens. I th- yeah. Yeah. I think those themes carried the movie. You know, after you watch a movie, I feel there's this period of marinating, you know, where you're trying, where you either the movie gets worse or gets better in your mind after watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that, for me at least, is what, like, what themes in it do I see, uh, and how how does how are those themes expressed in the like little parts of the movie that I didn't get while I was watching it. I liked the themes in this, and I thought that it, the more I thought about it, the better it got. What did you two think? I think, yeah, I, I like your point about, like, marinating on a film, because you mm. do have to come away a little bit from the initial, like, shock, especially with a horror film. Mm. The initial, like, boom, it's in your face. You just saw this spectacle of information. Now you have to process it. And once you process it, what do you get away from that? What, yeah. what do you still retain from the film? And yeah, I, I, you know, I covered before, I, 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 I think I succinctly covered my thoughts on the film, which is like, I think thematically it got a little lacking in the end, which I, I feel most horror films suffer from. But mm. this one was a, it was just that much closer and I'm <laughs> rooting for the next one. You know, like I really want to see that hor- horror film that follows these tropes in the way that I love personally. Um, but, you know, it was very... Other than that, it was very fun. It was a nice, it was a very good movie to watch. Uh, it was never too jarring at any point where I was like, I, I would have disagreed about making like this one specific decision. But like, yeah, overall, it had something to work with and it did a pretty good job with that. I liked it a lot. I think it should have it gone deeper on the terror aspects of of the setting right we see these cages where they're like food bowls and and such and the everyone everyone that sees them is terrified of like what is going on here but we never learn what's going on there more in detail i mean they don't they don't actually get locked up in those they don't um and you know i i I don't want to sound like a a masochist just by saying it should have been scarier (laughs) but it feels like most of it was run and hide hide and seek basically and that's fun but it's just not what scares me the most mm. so it's it was not a perfect horror movie for me because it just didn't it it didn't it didn't uh get me that way i loved the themes that it explored but at the same time i it almost felt like it was trying to do too much for me 
So I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I was entertained throughout the entire movie. But it's not my favorite movie. No. Do we give, do we give number ratings here? Yeah. Do we feel like we've given our, our real impression of the movie? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I yeah. think so, too. Um, I guess we didn't... It is humorous in parts. Like, I think the most humorous scene is um, uh, AJ, AJ measuring the yes. basement. I, for me, I thought the most humorous scene was when the guy that saves them is sitting there and he goes she's like are, are you sure we'll be safe here and he goes i've been living here for 15 years and she ain't never and boom right behind him. wall opens up behind him with <laughs> really? the shape of oh her yeah <laughs> it's, it, it's it has very funny moments um, definitely again I've, i think it's one of those films you can come away from and no matter how you feel about the genre how you feel about the themes it's trying to cover, you'll get something out of it. It's a fun film to watch. It's a good film. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I think part of what you didn't like about it, w- w- in the not being terror terror terrifying, um, was what I liked about it. I just mm. I don't really like terrifying horror films. I think for me, a lot of the 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 fear in movies can can dissipate when I see the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, I, I loved the Babadook until I met the Babadook. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, it's That's just the Babadook. Yeah. You know, it's same same with Mama, same with many other horror movies, where it feels like once they reveal the villain to me, it's not, it's not as scary anymore. Because for me, it is that primal fear of the unknown, fear mm-hmm. of the thing lurking around the corner that really gets my blood uh, churning, boiling. Absolutely. Yeah, and to be clear, that doesn't mean... I, I think that doesn't mean you can't ever reveal your monster. I mean, like... I, I thought agree. It, I, I think I, I the, thought the way that they depicted the, the quote-unquote monsters in this movie was really well done. It's yeah, just, I think having it in the... Like, you can maintain the unknown without not having ever seen this thing. We saw the mother at, like, about halftime of the film. But what I mean is, in in this movie, the way that they reveal the monster is by revealing that she is actually just a person you know that she is really just a, sure a, a, someone that is hurt and someone that is almost you relatable feel, okay so interesting because for me i feel like then it becomes less scary i because feel you know it's just a person yeah but it's all about presentation right <laughs> okay. you know when it, especially when it comes to a movie like that's all there is is presentation and i think for me personally it became more terrifying when you saw this individual living in these kind of catacombs under this house mm-hmm. and they're dark and you know they're down there i just like, want to know where they were getting groceries to be honest that was a great question he had so many like mountain dew cans in his floor <laughs> yeah where'd he get those and she was built i mean like how did she <laughs> forget the whey powder i mean i, I, I don't think i don't think they have any trader joe's out there no i I'll don't <laughs> maybe the gas station mm-hmm. she just walks over to the gas station every night go to their local whole foods yeah yeah <laughs> star ratings what do we think I want you to go first, Matt. Should yeah. I? Yeah, I think you're the host, so you have to. I will give it a four and a half out of five stars. August? Can I switch it up and do ten stars? I like doing it on a ten star rating. Oh. Or are you going to cut this out and Just and well, take whatever's in your mind and divide by two. Yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. So in that case, I'm giving it a um, th- uh, three. You can't do 0.75. or 0.25. It has to be a to 0.5. The... Is the... You got to round it. <sighs> really? Yeah. yeah. Then three point five out of five. Okay, I was I was gonna say the exact same number. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. nice. I think it sits comfortably there. It does. Yeah, I I see. I loved all the filmmaking aspects of it. It just failed as a horror movie for me. The setting carried it. I think if it were a game, oh, 
I would have been terrified. I would have been losing my mind in that in that uh, basement. But um, product just, idea maybe. Hey, barbarian. Yeah. Someone get in touch with that video game adaptation. Mr. Kreger. <laughs> Mr. Zach, if you you know, we got some ideas here. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to be able to nominate or vote in ceremonies like the Oscars or the Emmys? Have you ever loved a feature so much only for it to be swept under the rug? Because I know I have. Well, worry no more because we at the Dewey Society host a non-exclusive movie award ceremony each year in February. And if you apply to become associate, you can nominate any movie you like and vote on the collective nominations. It's completely free. It takes two seconds. Just visit apply.doweedsociety.com and we will send you all the active information. You can also browse our website, doweedsociety.com and see our archive and there's a bunch of other their cool stuff there email us at dewitsociety at gmail.com if you have any complications or questions all right that's my spiel back to the show okay vera go first hi my name is vera no wait wait we don't have to be like that yeah okay, okay <laughs> no no well, this is fine we're gonna don't do even, no don't do it again don't do it again we're running with no, this no give it Put a this clap in. give me another clap give me okay another wait clap. wait ready so even though I don't think it came out this year. What I'm going to recommend is the anime Doro Hedoro on mm. Netflix. It is a really well-done world-building vibe, very cool character designs, a fun blend of 2D and 3D animation, um, very well-choreographed fight sequences, and just a plot that keeps you interested. It's very creative animation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with animation as our little theme here. Mm. And I'm actually going to recommend a film that we will be seeing soon, uh, Triplets of Belleville. I think that's a film that not enough people have seen. Um, It's a French animated film. I don't want to get into much because it could be a spoiler-heavy movie, but it follows an aspiring cyclist and his mother, and I think everyone can get a lot of fun out of it. That's exciting. I'm recommending the video essay, Fear of Big Things Underwater by Jacob Geller. You can find that on, on YouTube. It is a exploration into myths and historical fact surrounding large sea creatures and why people find them so scary and why pe- there's so many historical myths about them. Uh, yeah, um, I think it was, as, as always, a very polished professional and uh, interesting video essay. Uh, big recommend. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for having us on, Max. It's been pleasure, a pleasure to be here as always. As always. <laughs> I hope you have me on again, but chances of that are low. No, you, yeah, you should come on. I'm looking at your eyes and I'm seeing it's not, it's not there. I'll nah. prove you wrong. Uh, prove I'll prove you wrong. wrong. All right. All right. Lovely speaking with you both. It was very lovely. This was a fun movie. Take care, everyone. Slay. Slay. Slay queen. Can please cut that out. I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill someone if they don't cut that out.